0: Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast sponsored by OpenLoop, the trusted partner for telehealth companies across the U.S. looking to launch and scale their virtual services. Check them out at OpenLoopHealth.com. My name is Rodney Hu, your host as always, and today I'm joined with... Another very special guest, Ms. Molly Ticknor. She is the executive director at Show Me School-Based Health Alliance of Missouri. And she has over 25 years of combined experience within mental health, school systems, and social services fields. She started her career as a school-based mental health provider. She works at the state and federal level to advocate for systemic change and streamlined systems for communities, schools, and districts and families. She's worked with Kansas City area school districts in the development and training and policies related to trauma-informed practices and health and wellness support. She also handles both internal and external to meet both unique needs of the students and families. So. That being said, I'm excited to have her on and just share her journey, share what she's doing in the healthcare space. So with that being said, Molly, welcome to the podcast.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Rodney, for this opportunity. It's a Pleasure to speak on behalf of Missouri youth and families and school-based health in general. So happy yeah. to uh, share what's happening in our state and federally and with other states and with your participants.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So why don't we just jump into? Why don't you give people a brief background of who you are, how you got into the school-based healthcare vertical? Sure,
1: sure. So it's been a it's been an interesting journey. I am, like I said, I've, I'm the executive director of the alliance. I've been in the role for two years. The Missouri State Affiliate of the National School-Based Health Alliance. We were officially incorporated in 2018. The Show Me School-Based Health Alliance is a relatively new organization in terms of being with a group of really passionate healthcare and education leaders coming together to figure out how do we meet the healthcare gaps in Missouri and access to care. And so two different groups, the Missouri School Boards Association, and then those out of Washington University Brown School in St. Louis, we're working collaboratively to figure out how do we meet the needs? Because schools really were struggling to find quality healthcare providers that could come to the school to provide those needed healthcare services. So, out of all of that work, I became the Alliance and uh, the foundation was built. And then I was hired as the executive director about a year and a half later once the foundation was built. So, we've done a lot of work really just on helping support school districts, healthcare providers, and communities in identifying the best school-based healthcare program to be in their area, as well as the, like what kind of partners work best. And through that implementation process, we work at the local, state, and federal level to really advocate for policy to make sure that not only the current school-based health programs can sustain But also that we continue to grow. We know there are gaps in Missouri where youth don't have access to school-based health programs. My journey in terms of my professional career started as in school-based health as an outpatient therapist. But prior to that, I was actually a residential therapist working in inpatient facilities with youth who were in the system, in foster care system or wards of the state as a primary therapist and an art therapist. From there, I started into work into outpatient work and working with school districts, and then shifted into, when I worked at Truman Medical Center Behavioral Health here in Kansas City region, shifted to really focus on creating trauma-informed systems. So how do we create a system that is supportive of not only the patients that we serve, but the staff and those who participate in the services? So really look at systemic change and working at the federal and state policy level to make sure that everyone's coordinating because we're all serving the same people. So that led me to a position uh, within a local school district here in Kansas City as the director of healthcare services, where we were able to really build a full healthcare division that incorporated mental health services, physical health services, oral vision, and the whole gamut, our own school-based health programs, and really, making sure that all the staff that were providing those services internally were working together to meet the needs. And then uh, that led me to this position here. So it's been a journey from providing direct care to actual families and youth, to now working at the state level to create systemic change and make sure that we have equitable access to healthcare for our kids across Missouri.
0: Awesome. So you're just leveling up the impact that you're trying to make. Instead of one-to-one, yeah. one, you're trying to make it one-to-many.
1: Exactly.
0: Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Explain to me like the importance of having a school-based healthcare system. Because for me, I like that you're mixing like, healthcare with the education system. But for me, when I think of healthcare, I'm assuming like these kids are covered by like their parents' insurance or something like that. And that's how they would go about their care. But how is the approach that you guys have taken a little bit different? Sure, yeah, that's a great
1: question. School-based health is unique because we're able to serve the preventative and acute needs of the students in that school and or school district community where they spend most of their time. So the healthcare provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner or a psychiatrist or a mental health professional or a dentist, is coming into the school so the child does not have to miss so much. And you reference Rodney, those students who are on on their parents' health insurance, but a lot of students don't have access to private insurance or they're on Medicaid. And though so there's a lack of resources in some of our communities or our healthcare providers like you said you go to the doctor you go to an urgent care clinic when you're sick a lot of our students especially in our rural areas don't have access to a healthcare professional close by so transportation becomes a barrier to that access we have rural hospitals in the state of Missouri over i think between 7 to 10 that have closed in the past 5 to 7 years and so some of our communities have to travel 50 to 100 miles to get to go to a hospital and so this model school based health is a way where these quality healthcare providers can come and partner with the schools and or school districts to be in the school. So the child can see them for preventative care, whether that's wellness visits to address immunizations, to sports physicals, to make sure we're addressing the students that have chronic healthcare needs. Our school nurses, your traditional school nurses are completely overwhelmed, but they don't have capacity to do that ongoing Care beyond triage for our students. So the school-based health provider is supplementing and filling in those gaps for our school nurses. And some of our schools don't have school nurses. So the school-based health provider is actually maybe the only healthcare provider. So I guess to answer your question in a longer way, it really is it's about access, right? And it's about making sure that not only our students are being supported, but their families are being supported. Many of our school-based health programs in the state of Missouri not only treat the students, but they have potential to also serve the staff at the school as well as the staff's families. And some of them are open up to the community. So they have hours where community can come in to make sure that their medical needs or their healthcare needs are met. So there's various models, but it really it becomes an easier way to serve a larger number of students that our healthcare systems potentially are too overwhelmed to be able to manage.
0: Interesting. Nice. So you guys are really just reducing a lot of friction for the common problems that people within your community experience, like lack of resources, lack of access, whether it's transformation or the number of providers in the area. And you guys are created this program to address those problems. So I'm curious, you said this is a relatively new company, but were you guys around pre-pandemic?
1: Yeah, the, the School-Based Health Alliance was incorporated in 2018. Okay. So we were in work for, for the pandemic. The school-based health world has actually been around since the mid-90s. So the National School-Based Health Alliance out of Washington, D.C. was incorporated in, in the early 90s. And there are other states, majority of the states actually in the country have an alliance like ours that's statewide, but some are just further along than we are. They were incorporated a lot earlier. But school-based health is not a new concept. I think what is happening now and what the pandemic did was it highlighted a lot of inequities and it highlighted school-based health as an official model and an evidence-based model to overcome some of these healthcare obstacles and these access to care obstacles. And so, with federal funding and with state-level funding, more organizations and coalitions and even our our legislators at the state and local and federal level are looking at, wow, this school-based health is really something that can take off and that we can expand on. Now, how can we support it Um, through legislation, through funding, through policy? And so that's where we come in as a statewide alliance is our providers are actually doing the work, right? Our hospital systems Our federally qualified health centers, our community health centers are the ones that are doing the work in the school districts to partner with, but we are able to, at the state level, to make sure that they have the supports they need, the training and the education based on best practices in school-based health. And so providing that technical assistance, providing opportunities for peer-to-peer networking, because there are so many different types of programs around the state and, and nationally, that if a school district and or a healthcare partner are looking to start a program, there are lessons learned from all over the place. And so we become that resource center to help support those programs that are looking to implement or looking to grow or add a program or uh, or have some challenges in implementation.
0: Awesome. So really just expanding your reach. My follow-up question to that was going to be, how did the pandemic affect your guys' game plan. You answered that a little bit where you said it pretty much validated the need for this program. And now you guys are just looking to expand and grow and build upon that. But yeah, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that. It
1: definitely shifted our service delivery because we are statewide and we really like to get into communities and go into schools. We like to go into the communities, meet with the healthcare providers, meet with the school districts and meet with the stakeholders to really figure out what are your needs how can we help support you and when the pandemic hit back in march of last year we stopped traveling and when schools went virtual and the kids were not in school that limited our ability to get into the schools and, and work in the space and address some of those challenges. And so it shifted the way that we deliver services. All of our trainings and all of our meetings and all of our coalition and all of our work became virtual, much like everybody else. But it, it also shifted. as They shifted to primarily this focus of the telehealth because the kids were not in school back in March of 2019 or 2020. So, how you can see across the country and specifically in Missouri, it shifted the the care that our school-based health providers were providing. So they had to figure out how do we reach those kids when they're not in school. So they had to figure out that. So our support really came when we said, okay, so now what are the needs of our providers? How can we help support you? So we did surveys, we reached out to our communities of practice we reached out to schools and we said, how can we help support you? So we created guidebooks on school-based health and how we can help support. We created a series of listening and learning sessions virtually platform where we brought in panelists from all over the state and the country who were doing the work to provide what are your challenges and lessons learned so that we can help support each other. So it shifted the way we did business. And actually, I think there's a silver lining. We were, were able to reach more people because we found that a lot of in-person meetings and in-person sessions became barriers to people participating. When you're working in the healthcare industry and then the education industry, the timing is everything. Like I, a school nurse can't just leave their office for three hours to come to a training or a meeting, but if you're doing it virtually, maybe they can pop off for 45 minutes to participate in this event. So I think it not only created the means for us to reach more people, but it also gave more opportunities for people to to collaborate in a different platform.
0: That's interesting. And you mentioned one thing about a barrier of in-person meetings and how Mm -hmm. that plays an impact in the whole workflow. And so in your shift, I guess, in creating this program, how much telehealth is involved or what sort of trends in telehealth Do you see influence your guys' game plan?
1: Telehealth has grown so much. It's exploded around you. And it's actually really exciting. We've seen qualified health centers or our school-based healthcare sponsors explore telehealth options that have never done telehealth before. And so our role in that is to help them navigate using resources like the Heartland Telehealth Resource Network, which is the podcast I was on earlier this month um, or last month and utilizing other Healthcare providers that have done telehealth for years and bringing them on and having them speak to how do you do this? How do you evaluate the best equipment? How do you know which service to do telehealth with and what? space do you need and look looking through those logistics so really providing those resources and those opportunities I'll tell you one area that has really exploded in telehealth is telemental school-based mental health programs are the most common in the state of Missouri based on our census that we did in 2019 2020 and we've seen existing programs that were set maybe in one or two schools be able to reach more students because of the access to telehealth. So let's say I'm based in a high school, that's where my clinician is, that's where my office is, but telehealth gives me the opportunity to reach multiple schools in that district so that you have a hub and spoke model, or in a rural situation we've even seen where one school district has the clinician, whether that's a physical health and or a mental health provider, and they have relationships with the surrounding smaller school districts that don't have capacity to have a full-time clinician, but they can benefit from telehealth. So they don't have to pay for transportation. The kids can pop out of one class and be available for that mental health session or that physical health. So it's definitely filled a lot of gaps where healthcare access is really limited. And I think the only barrier that we've seen, and this is probably not new news to you or those that are listening is that some of our communities' bandwidth and wireless connection and Wi-Fi are limited. So now it is how do we bring broadband and how do we make sure that we have the the equipment needed to continue to reach out and utilize telehealth, as well as one of the most important things I think that is needed is there are best practices in telehealth. So we would just want to make sure that as healthcare sponsors or school districts are learning about or being approached to utilize telehealth, that they are using these best practices so that confidentiality is a factor and security is a factor and the electronic medical records that are utilized and data sharing, all those things that come into play with telehealth are being considered just to make sure that the kids and the community are getting the best care they need.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When you're dealing with in-person, you have a different set of barriers, right? Whether it's the lack of resources within the immediate area or lack of transportation to an appointment but then when you transfer or transition over to the telehealth model you still have different sort of barriers and these are more in like the software making sure you have the tech you have the security set up to make sure that those interactions there's no safety breaches pretty much Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Um, yeah exactly
0: yeah. yeah so that's interesting but i love what you guys are trying to do and like how you even go about educating both sides of the market, whether it's like the providers or the school districts, and you guys are providing the necessary resources for them to actually leverage this knowledge and leverage what you guys are trying to build. My question for you is, what is the long-term goal for you? Are you trying to revolutionize the entire state of Missouri and how you deliver healthcare? Are you trying to take- That would be be like
1: a pie in the sky. I love that, Ronnie. So what (laughs) our goal, and it's written in our mission and our vision, is to make sure that every child in Missouri has equitable access to quality healthcare. It doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have access to the full comprehensive school-based health center model, but that their needs are being met. And how do we, how does school-based health play a role in that complementing the resources that are already in that community, right? And so if there is a hospital system, if there is a federally qualified health center and they're meeting some need but they're not able to meet all the need, how can school-based health kind of complement that or fill the gap. Our short-term, somewhat long-term, we have a strategic plan that we revised this year for three years. And out of the census data that we collected last year and the year before, we have identified and started to identify what are those high-needs communities? What are those counties where we don't see any school-based health programs based on our data? And integrating that data with a needs index of some of those social determinants of health and community needs. So, the health indicators, the education outcomes, the preventative hospitalizations, and just health and education indicators to figure out okay, so now how do we target our efforts to identify those needs communities so we can really target our work? And so, we're starting to do that now, working with a research team to look at that needs index. And we've started to identify some of those counties that have limited access plus have limited access to a hospital system or a healthcare system so that we can figure out how do we engage with those communities? And hopefully now that things are starting to open back up and schools are in person, primarily in the state of Missouri, we can actually get out to those communities and meet with the key healthcare leaders and the education leaders, plus the community leaders. We need faith leaders involved. We need the chamber of commerce and business leaders and the local legislators to be able to all help support this effort because it really does take a community to create a a quality school-based health program. and, And we need to make sure that the ones that we do build and create are sustainable so we need everyone involved to make sure that there is not only funding but community support to make it happen
0: yeah awesome you guys are building something pretty big and obviously it's not going to happen overnight I really do like what you guys are building and I like how you guys are going about it. But from your perspective in your seat, what sort of obstacles or challenges have you encountered that made it difficult, whether it's getting people on board or educating people and getting them to buy in, what sort of challenges really stick out to you?
1: Yeah, I think, Rodney, there's different layers of challenges. So to your point, at the local level, we do see in some of our areas a resistance to school-based health programs within some of those smaller communities, where maybe there's one or two local physicians, and justifiably they're worried about their own practice. Is it going to take away from my practice? You're potentially stealing my patients. However, that's where we come into play. That's where we come in, and we we have a conversation about there are more needs in this community that potentially you can handle, and we want to help support you. We want to complement what you're doing. We don't want to replace what you're doing. So we we have a little bit of resistance there, but that I think that lack of understanding of what school-based health is. And so that's where we come in is to bring that awareness. We see a little bit in the school when it comes to some of the direct providers, you're going to replace me as a school nurse. No, we want to help support you. We want to provide the service that you're not able to provide because you are your boots on the ground. I think that's a local resistance that we've encountered, but the more awareness we spread, and, and I think that COVID, the pandemic has highlighted all the needs, that I think some of that resistance is going down because people are realizing how our healthcare systems are so overwhelmed and our schools are so overwhelmed with res- added responsibilities. At the systemic level and the state level, funding is our biggest barrier. Right now, the state of Missouri does not have a line item budget to specifically fund school-based health. So, our healthcare providers get a level of funding from the state, either based on insurance or federal grants or local grants to help build and sustain school-based health, but it's not, or build it, but it's not necessarily sustainable because it's a one-time funding bucket of money where it will last for three years. So right now we have convened all of our state organizations, the Department of Health and Senior Services, the Department of Mental Health, the Department of Social Services, and the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education had to come together to figure out how do we create that sustainable funding stream, so that we can actually create legislation to say there will be a pocket of money going into school-based health for the startup cost, and to make sure that it's that the ones that we're building are sustaining.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, we're coming up towards the end of the interview. Wanted to keep this less than thirty minutes, but <laughs> I like to end. Each episode with a little lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. I want to ask you a set of questions and you just give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. Go for it. All right. So question number one is what is your favorite book of all time?
1: When the body keeps the slur.
0: Okay. Question number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career?
1: In my life, my grandfather. Awesome.
0: Shout out to grandpa. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year?
1: Ooh, one goal I'd like to accomplish this year... Career wise, the one goal I'd like to accomplish this year is to be able to get funding for school based health programs.
0: Awesome. And then, last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self?
1: Take it slow.
0: Okay. Don't rush. Don't (laughs) rush. Don't rush. (laughs) <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Awesome. Molly, I just want to thank you again for just jumping on and sharing the impact that you're trying to create over there in Missouri and creating a school-based healthcare system. But before we go, where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more if they're interested?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we have a pretty robust website that has resources and a newsletter to sign up for. It is www.mo.school health.org. So you can reach us there. We also are on Facebook and LinkedIn on Mo school health and Instagram and Twitter. So you can reach us there. I, if you'd like to reach out and connect directly to me, um, my email address is M T I C K N O R at mo school health.org. I'm happy to reach out if you have any questions or would like to learn more about our work or potentially donate to the cause or volunteer.
0: Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all those links in the resources section. But with that being said, Molly, thank you again. That ends today's podcast. Catch you guys on the next one.